I am passionate about teaching this material because I think that we have to understand history to understand what's happening today. Pork tenderloins, only $3.29. And how did that become the way I experience church now? Hey, listen, you know, you've got the creation, we've got um, Abraham, we've got Moses, we've got all these things that have happened. We're now part of that story. Because to me, the <laughs> This is History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast with Angie Ferris. I'm your host, Frank Ranks Jr., along with producer Wes. We're glad you're here. Hey, everybody. You found us again, History Through the Eyes of Faith. I'm your host, Frank Rains Jr., along with producer Wes and Angie Ferris. She brings the content, episode 56. Is that right, 56? 56. 56. 56. Because I thought we were doing 55. We've already done 55. Um, but we're doing 56, and we're glad you're here. Glad you found it. We've, we've just been catching up, getting... um getting some ideas about things we want to talk about. And you know what? Real quick, Ange, tell us real quick. There's a lot of things they can do on Kofi, right? Yes. A lot of things they can do on Kofi. At the end of the episode, we have a little blurb about ways that you can rate, review, subscribe, support. But Kofi has got more options. Right? Yeah. So the link to Kofi is in the description of the podcast, wherever you're listening. Mm-hmm. So you can go check that out. Um, and there you will find ways you can comment at comment. Any, any point. You can buy us a cold brew, which is supporting us, which we, it takes time and energy and effort and supplies to get this done. And we appreciate your support. You help us out with that. There's also membership levels where we're making extra content available and uh, also a chat room where you chat can room. come in and just We'll just be chatting, just chatting we'll just about chat whatever. We you. have a store availability there. We'll, we'll store, be putting some, uh, some merch, our flashcards at least, if not other things. Um, gallery, commissions, lots of things you can commissions. do Commissions, what does that mean? That means like if you want to put up a blurb that you're available for voiceovers, people can commission you for a voiceover oh, okay. through the Kofi site. They well, can commission me to come teach a class or... Lead a oh, wow. small group or whatever. Uh, yeah. So. Or, now, one of the products that I thought we, we talked about putting up there is like a History Through the Eyes of Faith logo uh, crochet Bible cover. Aren't we going to do that? <laughs> yeah, you go find the crochet Bible cover. We'll do that. I think a mug would be nice. Uh, a mug? Yeah, we could do a mug. Yeah. Um. So, and y'all, we're recording this several weeks before it's going to be released. So as we're saying, we could, we could, it might already be there. So go check it out. Um, I, I, yeah, go check it out. I, and at least comment and send questions. You know, the, que the benefit of being in the chat room is your questions can be answered quickly. Okay. But if you want to hear your answer on whenever the next time we're recording or a comment on that, it would be several weeks delayed from when you actually post. But we'd love to see that, you know, yeah. and, and get I, the feedback and get some thoughts. I would like to to be able to chat with someone in Kofi or whatever platform they're on. Like yeah, a we'll little see. Message. Join our little chat group and they'll yeah. get to chat with both of us. You You chatted with me. Through the, our little Discord room. Remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. Okay. But anyway, I want to get that conversation going. Did you chat? Did I say something to you and you said something back? I invited you to join and you like waved at me or came in or something. Yeah, but you didn't reply. I think I did. Well, see, I need to figure out how to set up notifications because yeah. I wouldn't have gotten a notification yeah, that you did. Yeah. Did I have to download an app to do that? I don't know all the technical okay. answers. We'll, get well it maybe the out. listener would like to know what they need to download, but just well, they'll know if they join the group. That it'll you'll be figure set it up. out. So, Angie, we're here in the Eyes of Faith Studio. We're glad you're here. Uh, it's been days, weeks since we've recorded anything. Anything you want to add? The recent events? Anything? <laughs> I'm just glad I'm here, as you know. Yeah. The food poisoning caught me this weekend, mm. so I'm glad that's over. I'm glad that's over too. And yeah, all of us here in the studio are glad that's over. Yeah. Um, baseball season ended. Yes. 
So one of my sons um, has played baseball for, I think, 14 seasons. And his season ended, and he's not pursuing it after high school. And um, you have a question? I was going to ask Producer West if he could turn my headphones up. So. Okay, He'll, he will. Or it might be right here. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. I don't know which knob it is. But we'll leave that in. And, you know, we're a professional show here. It's a professional show. Um, say something so he can text. I can hear. Yeah, okay. that's good. So That's uh, good. Thank you. Um, no, what I was going to say, baseball season, and I figured it out. Because my oldest son played baseball, started he started playing baseball in two thousand five. So two thousand five to two thousand twenty two, what's that? Seventeen years. Mm-hmm. So I had seventeen seasons in a row of baseball. That's cool. That ended this week. That's that's hard. It was hard. I know it when it hard. ended for us, it was hard. It was seventeen years. So. Like even today, I saw his jersey downstairs and I thought, well, I don't have to worry about that being clean. I don't have to worry about the jerseys being clean and practices and schedules and it's a little strange. So that was a big deal, a little bit of a milestone, um, but it's all good. Everything's good. We added some new stickers to the door, but we'll talk about that later. But what made me laugh a minute ago, thinking about maybe something funny to share as we get started in episode 56, (laughs) is... I don't know. In 56 episodes, I've ever talked about that I have crazy dreams. Have we talked about that at all? Are you being serious? I don't, one of the things I do now is can't remember things that I've said. So if I've said we've that a lot. We've talked about your crazy dreams frequently because we've also talked about how things happen in dreams. And yes. how God communicates okay. through dreams. And so when we've done that, we've talked about your crazy dreams. If they know anything about you, I think they know you have crazy dreams. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's I guess then they know that. So I had a crazy dream this morning. Oh, I did two. Well, two days ago. What? What's this today? was in those Four moments where I knew I should have gotten up, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel like getting up. Those are the worst. So the dream in between that, uh huh, like it was like six a.m., mm-hmm, six thirty, and yeah. I'm like, I should probably go ahead and get up. Mm-hmm. But I could probably hit the snooze for 30, 45 more minutes. Mm, and then you wake up and go, are you telling me I just dreamed that in 30 minutes? Like in 30 minutes? Like that just happened? Are you telling I me that? I had a dream. That I, obviously, I'll try to be, um, look at the clock. This is going to be one minute. I'll try to explain this. Now, All I, I can just, remember I'm, is this. I'm going to interrupt you just a minute. I really what? would appreciate if people go to Kofi and comment on this because I want to know if Frank and I are the only one that have dreams like this. Because I don't know if this is a generic thing. You mean like in the morning? Genetic thing, yeah. Like, well, not just, just, yeah, anyway, just go ahead. I'd uh, like to hear. How vivid they are? Yeah. So just, I had a dream this morning that someone had a pet and this pet would get on your back. And this pet, they I said, oh, put him on my back. You don't and know who the someone was? You just no, I don't know the pet. people in the dream. They were a family that I was visiting. I was at their okay, house, yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know who they were, but they had a pet. I'm leaving what the pet is till the end. But the pet would get on your back, and it would, <laughs> it communicated. I don't remember if it said words, but it was communicative, like it was smart enough, like, a monkey would be, or uh, a dog in some cases, oh, Okay. on your back. And I was trying to take a selfie so that I could get a picture of me of course, with the thing on my back. In the dream, it was, at first, I think it was an owl. Like they had this pet owl that would land, it landed on me. That would hurt. It landed on me, and I was nervous that it was going to hurt. And if I would move, it would kill me. And... But they're like, no, 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 he's nice. And so then they started like singing this little song. So, you know there's some psychiatrist listening to this. Well, he just no, knows I how hope there's a psychiatrist listening to it. He or she knows how messed that up you are. That means that we have a listener we don't know. <laughs> um, we do have <laughs> listeners we don't know. I know we do. <laughs> so, this, so this owl thing, then it became like something other than an owl. It was like not a monkey and not a bird, but I, it was a thing. And I was like, I can't wait to capture this on the phone. And it's like, and the, and the owners are like, look at the camera. And it's like looking at the camera. Then they all started singing some song. Okay. The thing too, then, or just the owners? To the, it was like their thing that this thing would dance to the song or sing along or whatever. And the, and the animal was now like a white furry, like Muppet. It was more like a Muppet than an animal. 
like a cookie monster kind of thing. And it was just on my back and it was looking at the camera and they were all singing this song. And uh, I woke up. And for the next like 20 minutes, I could sing the song that was in my dream. I could remember it and sing it. Did you write it down? No, I don't remember it now. I don't remember it now, but I started laughing a minute ago because I started singing on the mic. Remember when you Mm -hmm. said, why don't you stop singing? And I was going, so long, he thought. (laughs) It reminded me of the song that was in my stupid dream. You should have opened up your phone and recorded it. It was a song you that I was it. singing to the animal on my back. And so, what was the animal? You I don't know. I never it. know. It was oh. like a Muppet. Like, what is Cookie Monster? What is he? He's Cookie Monster. Well, then it was a white Cookie Monster <laughs> with black eyes that looked like an owl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Talk about value entertainment. Woo. All right. Well, there you go, folks. There's my contribution to episode 56. No, so let's get into where we are in the history through the eyes of faith. We're around 500 CE, 500 AD CE. What's it stand for again? Common Era. 500, right? That's about where we are? Yeah. And we were talking about barbarians in 54. 55. <laughs> 55, right? We, were, we did an overview of the, just all the changes happening and, and went into a little bit more detail with the different tribes and, and who was moving where and that kind of stuff. And then the overall way that changed the overall climate, I guess that's the right word, not climate like weather, but culture, a little bit going okay. into that. Well, let me, let me ask you Talking this. Talking about the disruption. Okay, before we get into the content, 56. I had a question, and I know the question may frustrate you a little bit, but in like one to three sentences. That's the frustrating part. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I don't think it is yet. <laughs> one to three sentences. Can you summarize the point, the pivotal reason of the Council of Chalcedon that we talked about in episode 54? I don't know about one to three sentences. Well, why not? Isn't it as easy as saying it was a council to determine X and the results of it can be seen throughout generations because of X? No, because it wasn't just to It involved determining X. Okay. What? Determine what? Little history. (laughs) We don't know. No, I've got to. You can't. I can't just say or it doesn't make sense. The Council of Nicaea dealt with Trinitarian principles, the idea of one God, three persons. Yeah. Okay. When the Christian church lived with that for a couple of decades, they realized, well, what does this say about Jesus as a human? He's the son of God. What, and How and does that God fit with the, the fact that he came and walked around in a body and was dead, crucified and resurrected? What does the scripture say about Jesus as human? So Chalcedon, so then there arose these discussions. Well, he, he's, he's, he has one nature. No, he is one person with two natures. Or that was, that was what they came out of Chalcedon with. What they agreed to was one person with two natures. But it wasn't strictly about the theology. Okay. We didn't talk about it just because of the theology. This is not basically a theological podcast, right? Right. We talked about it because it involved bishops from the west and the east but primarily from the east and then leo the bishop from the west so there's all these personalities involved mm-hmm. there's the different way of thinking from the east and the west involved that we need to talk about we did need to talk about and yeah. have there's the different authority in the church who mm-hmm. has the ultimate authority in the church so there's just a lot of change going on and all and then there's the idea of the emperor getting involved and what perspective the emperor takes and who's on the emperor's side so it was all the political machinations mm. that were also involved I wish y'all in could have that. seen the face with machinations uh, machinations I love saying that word um so there was a lot involved but all of that being said what happens as we continue to move through history is we see 
that the way that churches and geographical regions responded to Chalcedon affects the stability and the structure of those churches and geographical regions moving forward. Okay. Okay. So coming out of Chalcedon, there was the people who signed on. Well, there's a lot of people who signed on that might not have necessarily bought in when they get back to their people and their people like, "Uh uh-uh. Okay. So most of the ones who were strongly in support of it were in the Western church and the churches that then broke away, which we listed who those were in Mm. today's words Mm -hmm. were more in the Eastern area, but there continued to be the disagreement was that there isn't one person with two natures in, in those folks mind, that was two persons. So they were saying Christ has one nature. And I think the difficulty theologically there is that does not make Christ fully human. And how could somebody who was fully human, who was not fully human really paid the, penalty for penalty that's a western way of talking about it make the sacrifice be the atonement there's the correct words for humanity I see. if the, he himself was not fully human so and it's not just a matter of reason though it's what does the scriptures teach about who jesus is and there it has been the reason chalcedon has stood for 2000 or 1500 years is because there is scriptural support for the one person, two natures. Okay. And and I'm going to say, what you are saying, I'm going to summarize by saying, Chalcedon is key because it shaped beliefs. It shaped some people's faith, some people's beliefs, better word, I guess, versus others. And as we get through history and we look at the next 200, 300,000 years, we will refer back to that that crossroads when it kind of changed. Yeah, and, and something else was we talked about, and this is a kind of a side point, but not really. Christianity came from a Semitic culture. Christianity came from the Hebrew and Aramaic languages. Christianity came from this little tiny place buried in the Middle East and yet spread throughout the known world. And the language of the known world was not Hebrew or Aramaic, and it was becoming Greek more and more and more so. So Chalcedon was able to take the concepts of that Greek and that Hebrew Aramaic place and translate it into Greek thought. And that also created a theology, a statement of faith that was able to spread. And one other thing I want to say here that I've been thinking about a lot in the reading and the preparation I'm doing, this is a... The period we're in now is laying a lot of groundwork that's going to make a difference. And so I've had to think far ahead and not just in the present. I don't think that the modern, the average person on the street today can appreciate the degree to which the entire culture or the the amount of the culture and society that circulated around the church the religion throughout history to this point, the religion of the, of the government, the monarch, the ruler, the shah, the president. The, the, we didn't have presidents back no, then. No, but if we're going to go all through history. No, you I'm talking go. about to this point that we're talking about here in 500. Okay. All right. The emperor, whoever, determined to a large degree, the, we didn't have this free choice. Of, I'm going to go decide to believe this. It was a cultural thing about what you believed. A lot of it led by the leaders of your culture. Okay? That's inconceivable to our mind that you can choose one. We're just, it's just automatic that you can choose one thing and I can choose something else and Wes can choose something else and that's all okay. That was not thought of. Okay? Whatever the going thing was, was the going thing and everybody was in on it. So when you have a pronouncement come out from the church, which is the going thing, that affects everybody i see okay and and there were areas of the world that were not christian but even if they weren't christian whatever their thing was it was the thing of everybody right and if you wanted to do something different that was weird that was countercultural and usually not accepted and sometimes punishable okay so that's we just don't realize that we we don't we don't know that we go 
this is what happens all the time. We go back and look at the past with our eyes of the present. And we just assume that, well, she could have done something different. Or Are he you saying, done something- though, I'm, I'm, we're having a conversation now that <clears throat> is not into what we're going to talk about 56, but we're having a conversation, which is okay. No, this is important information, whether it's moving forward on the timeline or not. Right. Are you saying, though, that in in that culture, you know, the the ruler and all the other definitions of that kind of set the belief and it's hard to, uh, for us to comprehend that there's now such a freedom of what you choose to believe is what you choose to believe are you saying that are you saying that in a way that i don't know if you're saying that in the statement of fact which it is but are you are you commenting on it also by saying it's what was supposed to be and now it's not what it's supposed to be. No, I'm not commenting one way or the other. Okay. I'm not making any value judgment on it. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying, and we saw that in the story of Christianity. When Christianity was this little offshoot, upstart, it was put down by the powers that be. Now, when it was so small that it wasn't bothering anybody, that's one thing. But the more it starts to cause a problem, then we got to exit out because we got to have unity and harmony and control. And that's Constantine. Right? Well, before Constantine, it was trying to be exed out and even once after Constantine. Well, yeah. But then once it joined with the state, once the emperor embraced it and then went even so far as to lift it up. It, and we're going to some of the material we're getting into is going to talk about that. I don't know if we'll get to it in this episode. We probably will. Well, we might not. But it, that created a different environment because now it's a going thing. Yeah. And it's, it, well, and it's I just, just I, like it, you didn't even think about it. You didn't even think about, oh, the emperors believe in something different and I'm going to change. It's just like, of course, everything's going to change. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to go back and visit Chalcedon because I remember re-listening to it and it was just kind of, I felt myself getting distracted and not following. Um and by the way, that what episode was that? Fifty four that we talked about Chalcedon. Yeah, well, we started it in fifty three, and the end of fifty three was all over the 53 place. Fifty three wasn't that. Um, uh, fifty three was Patrick, and then the beginning of Chalcedon. There was a lot of that. Was that was just jumping and 54 in. Fifty four was Chalcedon, and fifty four was working through it. And we haven't have we titled fifty four yet? <laughs> no. No. Okay, well, I want to propose that we title it Chalcedon. Take me away. <laughs> well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go with it. Okay. Because <laughs> it kind of fits, too. take me away. Please. Oh. <laughs> take me away. Um, yeah. Does that help? Yeah, it does. It does. Then we got into 55, and we talked about the barbarians. And then you were going to kind of give us maybe a recap before we get into 56. Or we don't need a deep recap. I just... don't even know about a recap. We, we just talked about how there were all the changes that were going on, and that they were severe that there was not like a date that that rome did not fall rome continued in the east and was called rome and we're revisiting that in just a minute okay okay yeah but at the same time there was dark ages there was a fallen literacy there was a fallback like we talked about how they weren't smelting iron anymore and there was like it was there was a lot of invasions i mean you you can imagine with all these people moving in with different cultures and different ways so of acting. So make a parallel to that. I mean, you think about Attila, the ones, just the individuals we talked so, about. Okay. Coming in and well, let's, let's say vandalizing. The, let's say the earth gets attacked by aliens. Okay. So and we all have to go deep underground into our war chest or whatever we got where we live. You got one of those? No, but the, some people do. Okay. That's my point. In the They went into the dark ages. I would not know what to do, and I'd have to go find somebody that had a, a place underground. Well, and, n- and not I would to say be the economy a conspiracy and the inter- theorist, not a conspiracy theorist, not to be a doomsayer, but all that it would take right now is for some entity from outer space or on this earth to shut down the internet for a few days. Yeah. And everything would start falling apart. Yeah. Because we're all running off of digital worlds. Yeah, we'd have to. We probably wouldn't smelt iron. <laughs> yeah, who knows? 
Yeah. That was that was my point. Yeah. Is that when you when they had all that happening and the government was falling away, there was no protection. We talked about them moving the troops out of Britain and moving the troops, and and so it just created that's this. Ma- that's made me scared already. Now I don't want to. <laughs> now I'm going to have some weird, more weird dreams. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> so, I'm 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 all ears. Okay, so something else that I want to say before we dive in, because it's been. It, I was doing a lot of reading this morning and getting ready and thinking. And I picked up one of the resources I had bought recently and hadn't read yet. McKay's books. Yeah. And it was a, I brought it with me, not recommending it yet. It's it's another timeline of the Middle Ages books. But, so I thought I'm going to flip through this because there was a certain topic I was looking at, looking for and thinking about. And I'm going to see what this has to say when I went through it. I don't, I don't even know. I won't go down the rabbit hole of of what all was there when it made me think about. It. But it what it, the take my takeaway coming away from that. And this was actually last night. Was that every historical uh, story? Okay, every accounting of history. Okay, whether it's just what happened. I was listening to us talk. What happened to the Romanovs or what happened to, uh, you know, Alexander the Great, or every is, is going to be told from a perspective of the t- storyteller. Every storyteller has bias. Yeah. And that bias always comes out. So we're trying to put ours out right up front here history through the eyes of faith. That's our uh, bias. Yeah. This particular source was an obvious 22nd century source that. When we get through talking about the Middle Ages, you'll understand why this is so weird. Hardly mentioned the church at all. Because that's what's vogue now. Let's just write the church out of history. Okay? Okay. So, I just want to... Which sounds so odd to me because it's so much a part of Rome. Right. But that... How much did you think that would sound odd before we started doing this podcast? Not odd. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got it. And and so I just want folks to know we're being, I we're being aware. Of, I'm trying to be aware of our bias and and be honest about our bias and present the other accounts, like why somebody might look at this differently and how I choose to not look at it that way. And so also go to the Kofi and give us a comment on that or join our chat room and let's talk about that because I, I'm and I, so I want you to make make you aware. When you do an internet search, if all you read is the first answer that comes up, whether that's a manipulated answer or not, it has a particular bias of whoever yeah. put it there. And even if you, so you should always read several. And I would even skip pages, like whatever search engine you're using, don't just read the first two or three. Yeah. Go down to nine. Go because, and find ways to use alternative search engines because. There's the real answer read lies in reading more than one. Wow. Well, and I'm lazy and that I won't do that. But. Yeah. And then we take it as truth when it was something that somebody. Well, just... And we already know that most people know that search engines, algorithms, determine. algorithms, there's so much being manipulated based on your behavior that that's what you're fed. Yeah, they're going to feed you something. Well, like all of my on headlines, what they're trying to. All of my headlines, when I go to my news page, all of my headlines are, are entertainment news. I thought you were going to say aliens. No, they're like <laughs> entertainment news. And um, I'm like, there's nobody going to talk about Ukraine right now. <laughs> and, and and it's something about um, a movie director or something. I don't know. Yeah. So so that's what I'm saying. Like, There's just a, always going to be a bias something to be yeah i just remember the headline was it was tom cruise fired the musicians for the that recorded some music for the soundtrack of the new top gun that was one of my headlines there you go (laughs) it's very pressing urgent okay so having said that i want us to revisit chalcedon was in what 450 and then we were talking about movements we're going to kind of go now to we've spent a lot of time in the fifth century and we're ended up the fifth century. I want to look at some maps from 528. If producer Wes could put those up for us, or one at a time, whichever ones you want to choose. One of which we have seen before, 
um, and the other two are new. But this is just kind of to familiarize ourselves with the area in 528. So the one that's up there now shows us in dark gray where the patriarchates are, which is the Eastern Church. Okay. Okay. And, and that would be Constantinople, Antioch, Antioch Jerusalem, and Alexandria. Alexandria. And then and this goes from like what now is Egypt up through Middle East, Israel yeah, yeah. to and Turkey. That, that, this picture's actually been up on the Instagram account before, I think, and we'll be there again. Um, but also then what you see in the light gray is the control of the papacy. But you, then you see how those areas are striped. A lot of that area mm -hmm, is striped. Mm -hmm. Those are the churches that are under Aryan control. And that's a control is not a good word. Aryan influences. Those are churches that have not bought into the Trinity. Okay. So even though the papacy sees them as they're in their jurisdic jurisdiction, they don't agree with the papacy in that. Right. And that's interesting when we, after we talk about Islam, a couple hundred years after this, if you go back and compare that map, you'll see, okay, some similarities there. So then in the next one. What is that from? What book is that from? Uh, that's, that is that Penguin Atlas of Medieval history okay. or middle medieval timeline something like that so then that's just showing the trade routes in 528 and the thing to notice there is there is no trade there are no trade routes west of italy no because of all the barbarians and the invasions those people have kind of been cut off from the trade routes the trade routes are all throughout the mediterranean to the east of italy and then up into asia middle asia persia up that way so that's kind of deal and then in the next one you'll actually see there's the Eastern Roman Empire. The Persian Empire mm -hmm. has arisen again and is to the east. And then you can see all the tribes to the north, and you can see the kingdom of the Vandals, and there is no Western Roman Empire. There's kingdom yeah. of the Franks, kingdom of the Vandals, kingdom of the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths. The, you know, it's all divided up in mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's where we sit in 528, Okay. So you'll notice the east in that picture, it's called the Eastern Roman Empire. We started talking about last time the name that it's referred to. And I'm just going to read this and then we can talk about it because a lot of it's review. The Byzantine Empire, also referred to as the Eastern Roman Empire. Gotcha. I remember that now. Was the continuation of the Roman Empire in the east. Mm -hmm. During late antiquity and the Middle Ages, when its capital city was Constantinople, which is modern-day Istanbul, mm -hmm. which had been originally founded as Byzantium, then changed to Constantinople by mm -hmm. Constantine. Constantine. This Eastern Roman Empire survived the fragmentation and fall of the Western Roman, Roman Empire in the 5th century AD and continued to exist for an additional thousand years until it fell to the Ottoman Turks in 1453. Which we'll talk about that when we get to 1453. Well, so the Byzantine Empire. Yeah, but here, keep before you say that, during most of its existence, the empire was the most powerful economic, cultural, and military force in Europe. Wow. Both Byzantine Empire and Eastern Roman Empire are historiographical terms created after the end of the realm. After 1493, 14... Whenever we started writing history, 15, 16, 17, 1800, somewhere in there, we started referring to it as the Eastern Roman Empire or the Byzantine Empire. At the time, its citizens continued to refer to their empire as the Roman Empire. Thank you. So when you go back and you read, like as, we're, as we start studying about the Arabs and Islam, because I'm already dipping into that, reviewing that, there's a lot of discussion about the wars between the Persians and the Romans. Well, they're talking about the Byzantine Empire. Yeah. Okay. And when people talk about the fall of the Roman Empire, well, they're talking about the fall of the Western Roman Empire. Exactly. Because the Roman, the Roman em Empire didn't end until, four, say that, that year again. 1453 was 1453. the official end, but remember we talked about how the Holy Roman Emperor is going to show up here in a few hundred years. That position of Holy Roman Emperor stays around till the 1800s and then we talk about we talked about how the Ro the russian empire mm. ruler the czar took his name from caesar and that stays around until the 20th century wow so the idea of rome 
was there for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. And and this little side note too, I hopefully I'll remember bring it back when we get there. But like I say, I've been on all these different documentary dives. And yesterday, this is so fascinating. I'm reading. I'm learning about the grandchildren of Queen Victoria. Won't go down that whole thing, but she had 42 grandchildren who were monarchs all over Europe. But some of those grandchildren's grandchildren are still royalty in Europe on thrones. Okay, not mm. just in England. But when they were talking about the history of these grandkids and they were going through each one and telling their story, more than one of them, they had German roots and aligned themselves with Hitler with the idea that should the Third Reich be successful, they would be reinstalled to their throne. That hmm. was in the 1930s and 40s. That yeah. was not 100 years ago. It was Mm-mm. 80 years ago. Wow. Okay, so there's... So what you can see (laughs) is that we're all connected. That's right. You've heard that a few times. Okay, so it's continued to be referred to at this time as the Roman Empire. Mm. We refer to it Byzantine or Eastern. I like to say Byzantium again, if I could. Just go ahead. Byzantium. Thank you. In the East, the state... Okay, now this is the difference. In the East... Consult your doctor, pediatrician. In the East, the state continued education and public services and et cetera, which had ended in the West, right? Because Mm. it wasn't around anymore. The patriarch, which is the head of the church in the East, worked with the emperor, and it was a Christian empire. Okay, The Byzantine Empire was a Christian empire. Yeah. There was this tight relationship between the patriarch and the emperor, and we're going to talk more about that. When I looked at the map, and it lasted till 1453... It didn't last at that size till 1453. Okay, but, but that, it anyway, till in then. the map, the nucleus of the map, yeah. if you were to shrink it down to the very middle, it's the Middle East. Yeah. It's what I wouldn't refer to as Christian nations. But we've mentioned several times already, although it takes a while to sink into our brains, that there were more Christians in the East than in the West. And where did Christianity start? In the East. In the East. So you, if you look at the New Testament, all those churches are in the East except for Rome. Okay, so there's, well, not all of them, the vast majority. So there's, there's a huge, there were a lot of churches in Persia. There were churches going into India, going into China. I mean, you know, we'll be talking about that. So, yeah. All right, so now we want to move to talking about one, a world, a, a famous Eastern emperor. Okay. Can I guess? Yeah. You <laughs> gave me a look like, what? Well, what are you going to guess? I don't know yet. I need a little more clues. Well, I was just going to say his name. If he was name. famous. Well, I don't know Eastern... if he would be famous to uh, uh, you. He's famous in history. Okay. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard about it. It's him. been obvious. You don't know a lot about well, history. Well, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, anyway, we'll just see. Okay. I knew Augustine, which by the way, I heard people call, refer to him as Augustine. And we talked about that. It's, it's Augustine or Augustine and either one of them's okay. Yeah. Well, Augustine I, I did a little, Augustine. just a side note for the listeners and for you. I went on Audible and I downloaded a couple of, you know, books of the city of God and confessions and Got some cliff, you know, you can download audible cliff notes. Oh, that's cool. So instead of a, a 30 hour book, it can be like just a few hours of the cliff notes of, of mm-hmm. confessions Yeah. and city of God. Is it called city of God? Yes. I'm really into that, by the way, this, the, the, I'm going to say Augustine because I've always said it that way. Yeah. I'm really into what he did. I, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I haven't, but just from the podcast and recorded it and how we still today he's today still, yeah. live out platforms that he created in those books or he articulated articulated yeah. yes articulated even this morning i was listening to a devotional talking about who we are and i'm just going to say as a man or a woman as a person you're you're the result of your nurture but also your nature mm-hmm. and he was saying your nature is a sinful nature. And if you're, if you're, this is a very high level paraphrase. 
if you're living your life, and again, this is not part of history. This is me just kind of getting on the soapbox. If you're living your life to fulfill your nature, if, if, if I am leading my decisions, if what makes me happy is leading my decisions, mm-hmm. then I'm living out of my nature, nature. Mm-hmm. which it made me think of city of God, city of man. Yeah. Am I living in the city of man or am I living in the city of God? And I think that's probably be some content that I'm going to give from a platform at some point someday. Yeah. And, it, and then what you've that. just said, not the, the, not that part, but the part about cliff notes makes me wonder, okay, how are cliff notes bias? Who's making the decision? What gets put in the cliff notes and what gets missed and how it gets interpreted? But would people say that same thing about the Bible though? Like what gets put in the Bible? What's not gets put in the Bible? What is said and that's said. where do you remember one of our our assumptions before we started the podcast i know but i'm just going what back is it? to what it's is faith it? that the bible is the word of god Inspired and that's why we tried it so so i'm not worried about what got put in and what because i believe god was in control of that yeah not necessarily cliff notes no because it's not part of the canon. Exactly. So I would be i'm not i don't want to listen to 30 hours but i would all be i would be curious what got cut out and why and yeah. would, have, would I have thought that was important? Right. Okay. So anyway, here we go. Yeah. Just, so. Well, we were taught. I don't even know how I went off on the Augustine. Because I was. Uh, I don't know either. It doesn't matter. Can we go forward? Yeah, we can. Okay. In the late 5th century. The country now called Bulgaria was inhabited by Goths. This is just a little story getting into this dude. Okay. Oh, that's right. We haven't said his name yet. Right. One day, a poor shepherd boy left his mountain home in that country to go to the city of Constantinople, which was many miles away. Even though the boy was only about 16 years old and had no money to pay for the trip, he was determined to go. Eager to seek his fortune, he was willing to walk the entire way to Constantinople and gather what food he could find along the way. Some years before this, the boy's uncle, Justin, had gone to Constantinople (laughs) and joined the Roman army. He had gone years before. Okay. Justin was so brave and so good a soldier that he soon became commander of the Imperial Guard, which attended the emperor himself. The poor shepherd boy had heard of his uncle's success, so he started down the mountain and trudged along the valley in high spirits, feeling certain that he would reach the end of his journey safely. On his way to Constantinople walking. Yes. It was a difficult and dangerous journey, however. Mm-hmm. It took him several weeks. He had to go through dark forests and cross rivers and high hills. Now, what? In high hills? In high hills. Did you just add that? No, I said and high high hills. (laughs) Okay. And we don't know this guy's name yet. Why are you telling the whole detailed story? It's just a cute little story. We're not going to get all the details. It's just a setup. All right. It's the only thing I can find about this guy's childhood. And I thought it was interesting the way it was told. Okay. He had an Uncle Justin. Uh Uh-huh. At last, one Which afternoon. Justin was not, was it a popular name in 550? Maybe a little bit. Okay. Was after this. At least one afternoon in midsummer, he walked through the main gate of Const. At last, one afternoon in midsummer, he walked through the main gate of Constantinople, proud and happy that he had accomplished his purpose. He had no trouble finding his uncle Justin. Everybody in Constantinople knew the commander of the emperor's guards. When the boy appeared at the great man's house and told who he was, his uncle received him with much kindness. He took him into his own family and gave him the best education that he had could be had in the city. He was very, the boy was very talented and eager to learn. He soon became an excellent scholar. He grew up to be a tall, good-looking man with black eyes and curly hair. He was well-liked at the emperor's court and was respected by everybody. Justin, his uncle, becomes Emperor Justinius. Okay? Okay. So, after some years, Justinius was advised by his nobles to take the young man who had adopted the name of Justinian. So, the young man's name, Justinian. Justinian. Uh huh. To help him rule the empire, just Justinus. I'm sorry, it was just not Justinius. It was Justinus. Justinus agreed to this proposal for he was now old and poor in health, unable himself to attend. The to uncle. The, yes. Justinus. Justinus, the emperor, 
to attend to the, he wasn't able to attend to the affairs of government, so he called all of his court together in their presence, and he crowned his nephew joint emperor with him, Justinian. When the uncle died only a few months later, Justinian was declared emperor. Justinian began his reign in the year 527 and ruled for 40 years to 565. Okay. He did so, so many important things that he was afterwards called Justinian the Great. And that's the name I was supposed to know? That was the name you might know. That I was the think famous it. name, Justinian the Great? If you said, what was, if, if you asked somebody who's the most famous emperor of the Byzantine Empire that you've heard of, Justinian would be on the list. If, if they followed the Byzantine Empire. Exactly. That's why I said that. Yes. Okay. Justinian the Great. Okay. Clear evidence. Your grace. <laughs> Of the Byzantine character of Eastern Christianity is seen under the powerful emperor Justinian, who ascended the royal throne in 527. Under Justinian, the unique Byzantine blend of Roman law, mm-hmm. Christian faith, mm-hmm. and Greek philosophy with the pinch of the Orient. Mm came to tasteful existence. Oh, you got to say that again. Tasteful excellence. The blend, the the Byzant, wait. Byzantine blend. The Byzantine blend of Roman law. Roman law. Christian faith. Christian faith. And Greek philosophy. Greek philosophy with a pinch of the a, orient. A pinch of orient came to tasteful excellence. Tasteful excellence. Yes. That's what they're talking about. In Byzantine art, greatly encouraged by Justinian, Christianity expressed its distinctively Eastern style. So is there a famous artist that has been... I'm sure, I can't but say the word, but... Byzantine. I'm, I'm Byzantine. sure there is. The familiar physical world of human experience was subordinated. This is what the art did. The familiar physical world of human experience was subordinated to the supernatural transcendent world. And no work made heaven more real than the church building in the heart of the emperor. emperor empire. This building still exists today. Wes going to throw up a picture of it. Mm. When Justinian rebuilt Constantine's Church of Holy Wisdom called the Hagia Sophia, and consecrated it in 538, he exclaimed that he had outdone Solomon. Mm. It was the largest church. The dome, said contemporaries, hung as it were by a golden chain from heaven. So it's a domed facility with spikes all around. A link in the hierarchy rising from the finite to the infinite and descending from the creator to the creature. It draws your eye upward, right? Yeah, somebody, make it a large picture, like a single photo. It appeared unfathomable as the sky. The mosaics under it shone with dazzling brilliance. And in them, Constantine and Justinian we were, were portrayed. Look how huge that is. So you that see was the built, people down there? That was, that was built, built by in, Justinian. In 520-something? Five, it was completed in 538. It, um, Constantine and Justinian were portrayed, the one offering to the mother of God a model of Constantinople, the new Rome, and the other a model of the Church of Holy Wisdom. Wes, if you see the people down there? That's like a bus, that little tiny thing, and those people. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind going back one screen, Wes, and doing a close-up of the interior. Actually, um, my son got to do a trip to Istanbul, like an exchange student, not exchange student thing, but a visit there. When he was at the Air Force Academy, he got to visit the Turkish Air Force Academy and went there and brought back pictures. But that's all mosaic, Frank. See all that? Mm-hmm. All the gold and everything is made from little tiny pieces of It's tile. hard for me to believe that that's that old. It is. Now, what you're looking at here, it has been converted to a mosque. So those are Arabic symbols that you're seeing. But mm-hmm. you can see kind of in the forefront at the right and left how it's kind of chipped away at the top. Yeah. They're, they're restoring some of the mosaics. So it's now a museum. So some of the Christian art is coming back. It was when Constantinople fell to the Turks in 1453, the building was converted to a mosque. And okay. now it's a museum. And so they're bringing back some of the Christian elements. Okay. Okay. Isn't that an amazing place? It is. Encourage y'all to go um, visit, check that out. It's cool. You know what's interesting in that place, they actually, I mean, not people know this, when you visit it, there's a Starbucks in there that serves the Byzantine blend. Oh, um, that, that you can get. too much. There. there you go. Um, so, 
Constantine. You can only get it there. Only they there. don't even sell it online. There you go. Constantine, and we have a little truth meter on. We can take a little mm-hmm. poll. What's the truth? Constantine and Justinian, remember, were both portrayed in there, right? Mm-hmm. The length with Constantine was appropriate for Justinian brought the plans of Constantine to their logical conclusion. Remember how Constantine had this Christian city he created? Mm-hmm. And in turn, he defined the course of Eastern Orthodoxy. So Eastern Orthodoxy is the religion of the Eastern Empire. Yeah. Okay. Justinian never distinguished Roman state tradition from Christianity. Let's say that again. He never distinguished Roman state tradition from Christianity. They were the same. He considered himself to be completely a Roman emperor and just as fully a Christian emperor. Wow. Here lay the source of his whole theory, the unity of the empire and the Christian religion. The Christian religion and the empire were united. He defined the mission of the pious emperor. This is the emperor's mission. The maintenance of the Christian faith in its purity and the protection of the holy Catholic and apostolic church from any disturbance. Wow. So he was protector of the church. Protector of the realm. And the maintainer of the Christian faith. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. That ties back in to remember these emperors calling the councils. And the emperor's being involved. It's it's not at all a hands-off approach. Justinian the Great? Yes. And this becomes the way the Eastern... It might have been before, but it is definitely set in stone from this forward, the way the Eastern Empire operates. Okay? The way the Byzantine Empire operates. Justinian, Justinian always felt himself to be the servant of God and the executor of his will and the empire to be the instrument of God's plan in the world. The emperor is the servant of God and the executor of his will, and the empire is the instrument of God's plan in the world. The empire had placed itself irrevocably under the symbol of the cross, so its purpose was to guard and spread Christianity among men. So they're one and the same. If you're talking about the Byzantine Empire, you're talking about the preservation of Christianity. So there's this real coming together, a real clear articulation of the purpose of the empire as the protector of the Christian faith and a sense of, not a sense of, that the, the, the emperor was there to do the will of God. And this is a big deal because you're thinking you've still got a pope over there in Rome, mm-hmm. but that there's not an organization over there anymore. Yeah. Okay. And so kind of. The Eastern Empire is claiming it all. Like, we're entrusted with this. This is the deal. So now I've got a different reverence for people named Justin. Cool. All right, moving forward. The changes from the early days of the faith were remarkable. The early church considered itself a body, a living organism, a new people completely incompatible with any other people or any natural community. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Theoretically, all men in the empire were called and could become members of this body. But even then, the world would not become the church because in the family of God and through it, men commune with another world, another life, one to come in glory only after the end of this age. Do you hear the difference there? Well, I got confused because I didn't know if you were talking about pre-Byzantine or current. It said pre, the early church, the changes from the early days of the faith were remarkable. The changes from? Yes. And I thought you were talking about what they used to be. What I'm saying is when the church first arose, when Jesus first resurrected, Mm. the early church came to see themselves as separate from the world. Right. And living together in a community that anybody could be a part of and not trying to join with the world, Mm -hmm. but living in preparation for the next world and drawing other people into that. Right. However, now in Byzantine time. And Justinian is saying Mm -hmm. the church and the empire are together and it's the, it's the state's responsibility to protect the church. It's the full outgrowth of what Constantine started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Coming together in official Byzantine doctrine, however, The state was compared to a body, not in this earthly Christian sense, nor because all subjects of the empire had become genuine church members. The figure of the imperial body arose from pagan thinking. Now, this comes back to bias. I think this source is making it sound like what's going on over there is a completely pagan idea. I personally don't think that that's 
really true in light of Augustine and Constantine and things that have happened before. Okay. Okay. But that's the bias of the source that I'm reading here. Um, the, the Christian community increasingly coalesced with Byzantine, Byzantine society as a whole. In Justinian's theory, the church almost dissolves into Christian society. That there's no separation from the idea of the church and the Christian society. Yeah. That's like that city of, it's saying, if you wanted to use Augustinian language, that this is the city of God. That right. this society is the city of God. Certainly any awareness that the church is radically alien to the world and the empire disappears once and from for and for all from state thinking. The idea that the church is radically alien to the world and the and the empire disappears. Right. They're all one. Pretty radical thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the things Justinian did. That and that was not just him doing that, but that's kind of the way the Eastern Empire functions from then on out. Something else that he did was come up with the uh, civil code, a body of law, which was collections of laws and legal interpretations developed under the sponsorship of the Byzantine Emperor Justinian. Although the Code of Justinian was not in itself a new legal code, it rationalized hundreds of years of existing Roman status. So he codified a lot of existing hundreds of years of existing Roman statutes. I read that wrong. I said status. It was statutes. Contradictions and conflicts were eliminated and any existing laws that were not included in the new Justinian Code were repelled. The Justinian Code was the foundation for the Byzantine legal system for nearly 900 years. Wow. Okay, so Justinian did that. So he really set the Roman Empire in the east, the Byzantine Empire, ready. Got it ready, set it up, okay? He also dedicated himself to reconquering the west. So, Wes, if you can throw up that map of 565. We're going to be wrapping this up, right? right? Yeah. In the long run, he weakened the west, though, because by going in, and you can see how he reconquered. Look at everything he reconquered. Wow. So there for a short period of time, just under his rule, because it all fell apart after he was gone and went back to a smaller area, which we'll see in a future map, there is the Eastern Roman Empire, okay? And it's it's y'all going all the way the northern coast of Africa, going back into the southern coast of all Spain. All of Italy. Yeah. But essentially what he did was just weaken all of those areas more by destroying their existing structures so that when, and I, and just for fun's sake, I haven't looked at it recently, Wes, throw up the 600 map, um, that, that it leaves everything kind of, so it's still hanging together. It's broken up a little bit there in 600. Mm. Um, and you can see some of the other areas growing stronger outside of there, like the Franks and the, but we'll come back to that. Um, but it weakens it so that then, once again, when Islam takes off, the structures that were there before Justinian are no longer there, and everything's going to fall apart, and the whole area is more weak and ripe for the taking. So Justinian created this legal code. He really established the—he uh, built the Hagia Sophia and really es- established this unity of church and state and codified that and put out the idea that the emperor was the— supported and codified the idea that the emperor was the uh, protector of the church and then the empire and Christian society were one. I'm glad to learn about Justinian the Great. And yeah. Um, Do you think today that there are a lot of Christians in Istanbul? There are some, but not a lot. Interesting. Because it's a... Now... Under the most recent ruler, um, he has much more Islamist tendencies. But, you know, Turkey is like a member of NATO and has been um, more, it, it has had a, how do you say this? It is a Islamic state. No, that's not the right word. It is, its primary religion is Muslim, like by 95 or more percent. But it has not been a Muslim government. Okay, so it tolerated others. And I don't remember all the details. I, when Josh was over there and he came back, and we talked about it. And we taught a little class on Islam, and um, I understood this better than I haven't reviewed it. 
but the current guy that was elected and then there was a, an attempted coup and anyway has been more Islamist in his nature. So I don't know how tolerant, how many laws have just, some things have changed. He is, he's made some changes. So I, I don't know how it would be now. It is different. And if you go back and look at news reports, say for the last 10 years, you can read and study a lot of that. So if you want to do a dive in that listeners, just do some research on uh, Turkey, Istanbul in the news for the last 10 years. And his name is not coming to me immediately right now, but yeah. things have changed. Well, we got to a good stopping point, I believe. Yeah. But let me throw one more thing since you brought that up. There are some areas in Turkey, like I'm pretty sure that Ephesus, this ancient city of Ephesus, which is where the apostle John actually died and when he lived there for a long time, is in Turkey. So there are some devout ancient Christian communities that are within Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to visit that. Yeah. 56th, 56th episode. We've wow. Got it in the books. And Justinian the Great. Are we going to talk about Justinian in 57? Um, no, except that it was just, he was an important thing to know. We're not going back to him. We're moving on to another topic. But he plays into stuff, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad y'all checked it out. Uh, I'm glad you listened. And um, we don't have a mystery bag. We don't have today's just kind of been really catching up and getting into some new stuff. So we will bring that up on the next episode. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. This has been History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast. Please rate and review, subscribe or follow wherever you stream your podcast. You may also contact us and comment at onethingonly.org. Just click on the History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast tab. You can also support this podcast by checking the link in our bio at ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com. Thanks for listening.